When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. From roommates to co-hosts, this is The Back Check with Brendan Azoff and Stefan Rosner. Your go-to destination for New York hockey and NHL news. And now it's time to drop the puck. Here are your hosts, Brendan Azoff and Stefan Rosner. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 53 of The Back Check. Brendan and Stefan here, as always, The Back Check on Unhinged Radio, brought to you by Belly Up Sports. And episode 53 is a big one because it segues the NHL season. Hockey's officially back. The 21-22 campaign is going to be kicking off just hours after this episode is on Unhinged Radio, which is awesome to say, finally, hockey is back. Stefan, how are you doing today, buddy? Very great mood. Great mood. I mean, I can't wait for hockey to be back. Since the Yankees lost, I think me and you both were like, you know what? You know, it's time. You know, hockey, yeah. it feels like hockey's been gone for years, obviously. But the biggest thing is we're getting an 82-game season this year. We haven't had one of those in, like, two seasons. And we're getting normal divisions, normal playoffs. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, what hockey this year is actually back, right? It's, it's not actually hockey's been coming back year after year, but this is actual hockey. And we have a special guest on this episode as well. Don't miss that. World Hockey Report will be coming on for an interview later on. So listen through the whole thing. You're definitely going to want to check out that interview. And, uh, I mean, without further ado, right, we got some predictions we got to go through, big storylines for the NHL this season. We got a ton of things that are going to be unfolding over the course of these 82 games. We have teams that are on the rise, teams that might be in the bottom of the league again, <laughs> Sabres. We have teams that might be entering the league and looking to make another run, like the Kraken. We have teams that have swapped players, teams that have drama going on around them, like the Sharks and Evander Kane. So there's a ton of things that you could be watching for over the course of the season, especially at the start. But, you know, it's, it's all fun and games until puck drops tonight. 
question for you, and this is a serious question, not even a joke. What's a worse tandem? Okay. Mm-hmm. Carter Hart and Martin Jones, or Craig Anderson and Dustin Tokarski? Oh, uh, it's Anderson and Tokarski. It because Carter Hart could still become. No, I, you know, it was more of a joke because you know honestly, Philly actually has talent. Tokarski. I feel like he's never been given that chance. No, he, he hasn't. wasn't that bad when he played the Rangers in the conference final. He was good for Montreal really for a little was bit. Good. He had moments last year where he was okay, and I feel like it's hard to judge his play when he's playing behind that Sabres team. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's not a knock on those two goalies. Yes, Anderson's pass is prime. Tarkarski never proven. It's the fact that the Sabres have absolutely nothing. They have nothing. And when they trade Echo, they'll really have nothing because we know for a fact they're going to botch the return. We just... Uh, this happened last time, too. Hold on one second. Anyone important? Honda. Oh, what was it last time? It was Honda Financial. Here we go again with these car insurance. Anyway, well, we have two games tomorrow, which is the big storyline, because not only are, they, are we going to see Seattle make its debut against Vegas at 10 p.m. Eastern, but both the games tomorrow, including the Penguins at Tampa, are on ESPN. So ESPN gets to kick off the hockey showcase yeah, of this so season. I have so much beef with that, that first game. Uh, you're, you're not a Tampa. fan of Penguins Tampa? Well, definitely no, Tampa. Because, to be honest, have you teams. watched? If you've watched any of the preseason or any of last year's season, or any of last year's postseason, Florida and Tampa are so fun to watch when they play each other. That and the first be. ever game on ESPN, the uh, first game since they left ESPN, the first time that ESPN's covering hockey in the 21st century, when people actually are going to be focused in on this, and you're not going to put that type of game, you could have had Tampa Bay raise that cup banner. You could have had their biggest rival in town playing a game that is easily one of the more entertaining rivalries right now when it comes to talent, physicality, everything that hockey provides. They could have done that opening night, first game of the season on ESPN, and instead they went with the Penguins, who are perennial contenders in their own right, but at the same time they have their two biggest players are out, and well, the they schedule don't have is a made, rivalry with Tampa the, Bay. The schedule is made before the injuries. So you, you have to think they wanted Crosby. You, they wanted names. They have Crosby, wanted Stamkos. But, I mean, they could have done, I don't know, the Islanders, who took them the farthest that any team's taken them in their back-to-back cup wins. They could have done Montreal. That would have been hysterical. They could have done some other things. But we know that it's all about markets and television views. And they know, okay, Tampa's back. To, they had to play in that game. Again, I think it was probably, let's see, Crosby and Malkin, but they're not in it. So, Brennan, first game. I mean, how can you say Tampa's finally first off getting to raise their banner in front of fans? I know they did it last year with the fans, but, you know, you want to do it on the home opener. So, I mean, I think it's without question that Tampa's by far a better team than Pittsburgh, but Tampa probably takes this one. I mean, you never know what happens until they actually play, and especially the first couple of weeks of the season. You know, teams have yeah. some hot and cold stretches. Players don't of get course. off to great starts. But with who Pittsburgh's missing and the energy that's going to be in Amelie Arena, I would say, yeah, Tampa Bay and, is going to cruise. And not even, I mean, Tampa lost some great players as well. Let's let's not let's not pretend like Pittsburgh's the one with downfalls here. But you just look at, for me, it's it's goaltending. I mean, Vasilevsky's Vasilevsky. You look at the Penguins. The downfall of them in the postseason was their goaltending. It was. Now I'm assuming Jari is going to be the starter. Casey DeSmith has been hurt with concussion and stuff, but he's a solid backup. But for for Jari, I mean, brand new, fresh start right now. First shot, glove side. You have to stop it. I mean, that's just that's just what it is. You got to make the saves early because, you know, hockey's all a mental game. We talk about it, especially goaltenders. You got to forget real quick. And it seemed like Jari didn't forget in the pre, in the postseason uh, series against the Islanders because every game is the same thing. 
But brand new start, this Penguins team. Jari's got to get out. If Jari could lose this game, again, you're going against Tampa. It's not like, it's not going to be an easy game, but Jari's got to play well. You would think. Or DeSmith is going to be tapped on the shoulder real quick. Exactly. I think there's, you know, they took a chance this offseason by not addressing the goaltending, believing in Jari, believing in, in DeSmith. And I know one game in an 82-game season is not one to be like, oh, okay, it's, it's over. But if Jari shows signs in game one, whatever it may be, that he does not look good, and then that continues in game two, and then when he plays his next game, he doesn't have great starts, the Penguins are going to have to make moves. And you can't wait. The Penguins team, we've talked about it. They're not the Penguins team they've been over the last couple of years. They're slowly fading. That happens with age. I mean, I think Jeff Carter's your number one center right now with Crosby out. You don't have Malkin. You know, Chris Letang. They're not getting any younger. So I think for the Penguins, their window's real. I mean, this might be the last chance they all get to go together, especially with all the talk about, oh, Malkin's going to get dealt. Letang's going to get dealt. I don't think Crosby ever leaves. But for the Penguins, it's pretty much like this is probably their last year with the group they have now to win. And again, it's, you can't accept slow starts, especially in this Metro division where you need you need your goal. I mean, look at this division up and down. Goaltending's a strong suit for most teams. They have solid goaltenders. Unfortunately, the Penguins have to showcase that their goaltending can bounce back. I think the Penguins window closed last year. That was their last chance. Oh, I personally don't think. I mean, I think the division is just too tough. I don't think they have the talent that every other team has in this division. But you, you never could doubt it. I mean, Crosby, we've seen in the past. Crosby just puts the team on his back, and somehow they go on that run towards the end of the season, and they make the playoffs, and they do damage in the playoffs. That's pretty much what they, they haven't, are. though. They haven't gotten out of the first round in three years. No, I know. But I'm saying that this is probably it. You think it's last year. I, I can go with that as well. I just think that they're going to be hurt to start the season. They're going to have to tread water and wait for their stars to come back. I know Crosby's skating. Malkin, Malkin's always hurt. It is what it is. But again, you're going to, you're going against the Tampa Lightning to open the season. That's the hardest opponent you're going to face, probably. I mean, they're the most talented, you'd think. Other teams like Carolina. But I mean, I don't think Tampa repeats for a third time. I don't think that's I don't think that's possible. That's why we have salary cap. There's no dynasties anymore. I just don't think it happens. Well that I mean we're gonna get into the biggest storylines. To me that's the biggest is oh, who yeah. can dethrone the Tampa Bay Lightning, right? Somebody's gonna have to do it. Right? Tampa Bay's not gonna just not repeat. If they have the ability to, they will and yeah. nobody's been able to prove otherwise. I think it's their in state rival that we just talked about, the Florida, Florida Panthers, who's going to dethrone them. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's the first round matchup yet again. Um, I'm not That'd sure be- if, if either one of them they might finish 2-3. Maybe Tampa Bay has a little bit of a sluggish regular season, winds up falling into that four spot. But there's a chance that it's either a first or second round matchup. And I think that's the team that could possibly do it, especially if they don't, you know, if it's not the Stanley Cup final. But, I mean, speaking of storylines, I just gave you one. What do you, what do you got? A couple here? I'm trying to think. My biggest storyline, I think, is in Carolina. And for me, it's goaltending. Because they, you know, Anderson swaps with Mrazek. Mrazek's now in Toronto. Anderson's on Carolina. But Anderson's someone who's been injured a lot. Especially last season. He was in and out of the lineup a lot. He didn't start in the playoffs. And you look at who they brought in to back him up. Antti Ranta, who's also hurt. Now, you talk about this Carolina team. Most people are picking them to win the Metro. And it very well could happen. But if their goaltenders get hurt, they're in trouble because they traded Nedeljkovic. He's gone. And who's your third string goaltender there? You're in trouble if they get hurt. Now, Carolinas could be so good, but we always talk about it. It's, it's about defense and goaltending. And they have great defense in front of their net miners. But one of these guys go down or even both there, I don't, I mean, hopefully not. But what do they do? That's a huge question mark, especially with, I'm more concerned about Ronta being hurt. I think Anderson can handle it. 
But again, you have two guys that are injury prone. What's your option if they somehow go down the season in a long season too? I mean, this is an 82 game season. You need both netminders. I don't know. I don't know if they have the goaltending and the depth to back that up because again, one injury, probably fine. But just with their injury histories over the last couple of years, Carolina could be as good as they want up front on offense. But if they can't stop pucks, they're in trouble. I mean, that's that's very fair. Uh, I think that, yeah. you know, you, you look at that goaltending tandem and they have the ability to be really good. If oh, they could, they could, they could but... win, um, they could win the Jennings. It's, it's possible. Their defense around them is that good. It's just staying on the ring. Cause I, I mean, sorry, Ronta hasn't proven that he could do that. Correct. And I, I think I'm going to stick with that, uh, the, um, the Eastern conference. I'm going to go back to the Atlantic. My, one of my biggest storylines is Ken Montreal maintain distance with the rest of the pack that top four teams in toronto boston tampa florida until carrie price can come back and until you know they can find their groove because they're also missing shea weber for the entire season probably shea Weber's career. career is over yeah so you, you lose him you're like okay that's a big loss now you lose your number one goaltender and jake hoffman. allen proved that he could you know, be well but i don't know that, that that's tough hoffman who they signed his own ir to start you need your young guys they lost cock in the emmy they lost cock in the Emmy, but they're hoping that a full year of Caulfield. You know, yeah. Oh, Caulfield's going to be, power. I mean, he's probably the front runner in the Calder. Again, I already said it multiple times. I think Spencer Knights has a really good chance of winning it. But, I mean, we saw Caulfield in the postseason. That guy's electric. I mean, you watch him. He, he gives me uh, Barzal vibes when he has the puck on the stick just because it's must-watch TV. I mean, he's he's utterly fantastic to watch. I mean, it was unreal. Yeah, he, I think he's very similar to Goudreau. Both undersized Johnny, forwards. Johnny yeah, Goudreau, Johnny not Goudreau. Barkley. No, not Barkley. John, Johnny Goudreau. <laughs> yes, you know? I, I agree. Johnny Hockey. but Johnny Hockey. I mean, I got another storyline. Yeah. Those are two. Another one. I mean, I'm going to stick with my goaltending. Vegas, cup contenders. They want to win this cup. They think it can happen. It's down to Robin Leonard. You lose Flurry. Can Leonard be a number one on a really good team? Because you saw a number one in Buffalo really doesn't mean much because he was, he was good in Buffalo. I mean, the stats were good. It's just they were a terrible team. That's not really a... You know, you throw anyone in there. It doesn't matter what the result is. He then goes to Chicago. And while he played most of it after playing with the Islanders, where he was part of a tandem, he goes to Chicago. I mean, he's competing with Malcolm Subban and Kevin Lankinen. And he played, obviously, he played the majority. He gets traded to Vegas. Him and Flurry split. Flurry having a, a, a Vesna season. Posting, and he gets into a couple of games. He gets shelled. What team was it? He got shelled against Montreal? In the postseason? Wasn't it yeah, Colorado? He, no, it was one game. Remember, he after Flurry had that gaffe in goal. Wasn't that against Montreal? I thought it was an earlier round. I don't know. But anyway, Robin Leonard had, didn't have the chance to be the, the true number one in Vegas. Now he does. Now after all of his experience at the NHL level, all he's gone through, can he handle being a number one and can he produce? Because we've seen in the past him be very, very good. We've also seen at times where he's very shaky. There's no support anymore. The spotlight is on him. Can he handle it? That's a storyline. I really don't think so. I mean, outside of his years with the Islanders, there, there was or a year, there was really no yeah. basis for him to have success in the NHL. He's been an average goaltender. He hasn't been that elite, elite caliber. Now, he believes he's underpaid for how good he is. When you compare him because of his mental health and everything else, he thinks that teams don't treat him fairly and he's not ranked high enough. This is the year to prove, hey, here, haters, go oh, go after got, yourself. You know, when whenever somebody takes a bet on themselves, right? Yeah, it, that that's that shows your confidence, and clearly he has the utmost confidence in his ability. But he should. So he has the chance right now, and 
probably the weakest division in the NHL to be a difference maker and what makes Vegas a team that could potentially compete for a President's Trophy in a Stanley Cup this season. So if he's betting on himself, which he should, he has now the opportunity to prove it over 55, 60 starts. Yeah, and I don't know if money is a, that big of a deal. I just think he was pointing out, and it's obvious. Like, you know, you look at the top-tier netminders, and when Leonard's on his game, the problem is Leonard hasn't been given the chance to be the top-tier netminder. Now he's going to. So this is definitely a year for him to say, haters, shut up. Fight me in the parking lot after after a game on Twitter. You know, he does all that stuff. Now's the time. So, Brendan, Seattle's first ever game against Vegas, in Vegas, at T-Mobile Arena, a place that is very hard to play in because of that atmosphere. Vegas take this, or you think Seattle finds a way to get it? I can see this game going to overtime. I could see it being really close or really lopsided. Yeah, I'm and... saying really close. Just because I feel like game one, especially against a team where no one knows anything about, really, because you could look at scouting reports per player, but the system and everything, it's going to be a feeling out process. I think Vegas is going to take it slow, you know, just to see what Seattle has to offer. Because they're going to let Seattle make mistakes, communication, chemistry. I mean, Vegas has that. Seattle doesn't. Seattle will get that. It'll take time, though. But Vegas already knows where people are going to be on the rink and all that stuff. Seattle's got to figure out who's, okay, who has the best shot to, for this lineup? Who, who's going to you know, make that play, that quick play? Who's dumping it in? And all that stuff that you have to figure out in a game situation on a brand new team. That's why I think Vegas will take this one. But I think it'll be a lot closer. Not because Seattle doesn't have talent. I just think Vegas is going to take this one slow just to see what Seattle has to offer. And once Seattle makes a mistake, Vegas will find a way. I think it'll probably come down to overtime or late in the third. I'm going to say Seattle wins 5-2. So you're going with Seattle? Yeah. Interesting. So what does that mean? If Seattle wins 5-2, that's not a good start for Leonard. Unless that's, it's, you that's know, why Vegas. I'm saying it. So you think Leonard has a, has a hard time in game one? Yes, I think Leonard has a hard time in game one. I think Seattle's going to come out with a chip on their shoulder and something to prove. I think that they the training camp kind of takes those, you know, the, the best shot, the, the chemistry, all that gets built up, especially when you don't have much many prospects that are intertwining into your regular lines. They, true, they pretty much true. had their, their set lines the whole time. So we saw with Vegas when they debuted, they got to debut at home, uh, so that helped. But Seattle, yeah. they, they have something to prove. And I'm not saying that they're going to be an absolute wagon, but I am saying that, you know, in a one-game opening night scenario where you want to show the world that you are an NHL team and that the guys that got selected – want to show their former teams that they should have protected them uh, i do like that and i think that their goaltending solid i think their defense will be good so i'm gonna take them in, in an opening night mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing chumba casino this year i was only playing for fun so winning this was a dream come true chumba casino is america's number one social casino experience it's serious fun with over 80 casino style games to choose from you too could win life-changing amounts of cash be like mary log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary void or prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details the voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner upset yeah i mean i think it's a really cool matchup obviously two expansion draft teams they did that right first game not that so one much. was right that one all right let's look ahead to wednesday because this does come out tuesday so let's look ahead to wednesday i know we'll probably get more into the ranger matchup the day of the game brendan probably has something out there but you got seven o'clock you got montreal against toronto that'll be a fun one rangers against the capitals no reeves remember that winnipeg against anaheim uh, later is Reeves gonna play He's practicing on the fourth line right now. That's crazy. He escaped. Okay, so maybe Reeves does play. Do you think he fights in that game? If he plays, yes. All right. I mean, the the lineup that they're practicing with right now is ticking me off a little bit, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah. 
So you got Winnipeg at Anaheim, 10 o'clock. Anaheim's trying to prove something after a couple of years of just disaster. They got some prospects, Gibson and Goal. You got Chicago, Colorado at 10 as well. You got, and then the last game at 10 o'clock, you had Vancouver and Edmonton. So I, I like these matchups opening day. I, I do like them for the Wednesday games. We'll start with Montreal versus Toronto. <laughs> you know, Toronto's not going to win a cup, but they're sure as heck probably going to beat Montreal on opening night because Toronto's, Toronto is a regular season team. They are just, that's that's a fact. They know how to win in the regular season. And we talked about Montreal, what they're missing. I just think Toronto's going to find ways to score because they haven't scored in like, I don't know, feels like years because they were awful in yeah. the postseason. So they're, I think gonna Toronto's going to pour, yeah, they're going to pour it on. Maybe Matthew's hat trick. I, don't uh, know. I mean, that would be cool to see, especially opening night. But they blew a 3-1 lead to this team in the playoffs and yeah. have not heard the end of that since. They're going yeah. to come out and make a statement. Yeah. And, does that have any indication on what they're going to do this year, how far they're going to go, if they're still going to lose in the first round? No. But you can't worry about that until you get through the 82 games. So you're going to see a statement get made uh, yeah. in, in Toronto. Yeah, I think they will. I, th- I would take the over. <laughs> I would take the over. Yeah, I would too. Also, Mrazic's great. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, I don't think he's going to have a shutout. I just think Toronto might light it up. What do you think the over is in that game? I would say it's probably going to be six and a half. Six. Yeah. All right, we got the Rangers and the Capitals, like I said. Obviously, you're a Ranger fan, Brennan, but it's a very good Washington team, except they, Ovechkin might play. You know, he took he hit, he laid a hit in preseason and hurt himself. And yep. you could say karma's a you-know-what. Unfortunate, you want Ovechkin in the game. He'll probably play. He'll have to do one thing, is stand in one spot and let the puck go. I mean, like, it's, it's not rocket science. Maybe Ovechkin shouldn't hit someone or go into the hits anymore as he's getting older because that's what it seems like it is. Remember, when he first came in, he was laying people out, and he you're was scoring. You're never going to change that dude's game. No, but I, I don't think you're going to change it, but I don't think he's going to go and try to level someone if he's coming back. He's not going to be 100% to start yeah, the season. Not 100% to start the season. You that think that gonna... dude is a absolute psychopath. He will lay people out. Yeah. A psychopath so who... in a good way. All right, so, Brendan, yeah, looking at the youngest tandem for the Capitals, they're, I think, the youngest tandem in the NHL. Samsonov, Vanacek. I would assume Samsonov gets the start for the Rangers. It's going to be Shesterkin, two Russian goalie you know, battle there. Who do you think comes out on this one? Unbiased opinion. Uh, it's so hard because uh, all the focus leading up to this game and yeah. probably up until the puck drop is not even about who's going to win the game. It's about what <laughs> it's are they going to fight. Actually, how many... nobody, nobody cares about the result. It, it's like It feels like that. And right now the Rangers are dressing or practicing like their Kratzov and Lundqvist are not playing in this game. Tenori's going to play because they want to have another big guy. And Dryden Hunt's going to play. So... They're pretty much just stacking their bottom two with people that are lunatics and will headbutt you. And I don't know if I like that. I mean, I don't like that. I don't like that because guys, we talked but... about it. When we were on the show with Johnny Lazar the other day, it aired um, today, actually. Monday, actually. It aired Monday. Um, we talked about this, that you don't want that story. That shouldn't be what the Rangers are focusing on. That means they're not paying attention to try to improve their game. They're trying to get revenge and payback. Well, you don't want for that. this one, but... I'm, obviously, that's not going to be your lineup every day. Right? After this game, they're going to switch back and, and put Kratzov and Lundqvist yeah. in. They might be getting the sense that the Capitals are going to respond. If Reeves does fight Wilson, you're going to have one of those chippy games, and they want to have the lineup that's best suited for that, which I can understand for opening night. Listen, they still have their skill guys in there, right? Their top six is still full of it. You still have Edel on the third line center who just showed what he could do in the last preseason game. I think that if the Rangers don't get too caught up in the physical aspect, and they 
they play like themselves, right? Their identity all preseason has been, we're going to hit you and we're going to play physical, but they yeah. still had that offensive focus. If they don't get caught up in the opening night fandom and all of that physicalness, uh, then I think they do come out on top. But I also think that Washington is much more seasoned and any type of mistake that the Rangers make, if they take a stupid penalty, will wind up going into the back of their net. So I really don't know who is going to win this game. I think that just because of what the Rangers are going to come out trying to do, I'll say that they will win just because it is. It, when you looked at the calendar after last season, this game was circled. Yeah. And they said, we need to win this game and send the message to the Capitals. All right, so the Rangers get down there. Uh, just announced Crosby will not play in the season opener. Him and Jake Gensel, who is dealing with an injury, will travel with team for their two-game road trip to kick off the season. But Crosby's out, game one. It's a big loss. That's your best player. And again, we know Malkin's not there as well. Up next, Winnipeg Jets at Anaheim. Obviously, Anaheim's got a ton of youngsters, great goaltending, but probably not there yet. And you have Winnipeg Jets, who... Are gonna should be back in the postseason. Member they, you know, they probably got eliminated last year because Mark Shifley gets ejected um, for his hit on who did he run on Montreal? Jake Evans. Jake Evans. Uh, Jake Evans just, yeah, that's that's the first time anyone's told me that. Uh, obviously, we know that hit. It was brutal. Shifley, you know, doesn't seem like a guy like that, but he gets kicked out. He's suspended. He doesn't play. This Winnipeg Jets team definitely has something to prove because again, you can't blame one player for not going on, but you lose a guy like that. That's a big loss. I think this will be an easy one for Winnipeg. I'll probably go like 4-1. I think um, Gibson's going to stand on his head. I just think this Anaheim defense is questionable. They have some young talent. Like Zegers is going to be fun to watch. Um, I don't know. I just don't think Anaheim's there yet. I think Winnipeg is going to take it, but I do think that Anaheim will battle, and I would not be surprised if they did win, especially the home opener. I, I mean, yeah. that's why these early games are so hard to bet, predict, because the home crowd, right, teams have – confidence it's a clean slate yeah like if anaheim over the course of the season deteriorates then yeah then they become that team that you're gonna have to beat but zero zero record for everybody here oh and yeah it's we tough, love so winnipeg but anaheim we, has a shot. we love we love good under i mean i've i'd love for anaheim to be competitive again you know i more so just for john gibson i, I legit bring it up every i mean it's just wasting away there and that's one of those goalies that needs to be in the spot like because he's just that good next on tnt on um, Wednesday, Chicago visits Colorado, and the Blackhawks. It was very interesting offseason for them. They get Mark Andre Fleury for nothing. They let Suter go, Sutter, P.S. Sutter go, Suter, whatever you pronounce his name. He goes to Detroit, but he was a big part of their team last year. Kirby Doc is back after wrist surgery. I know he played a couple of games last year before their regular season ended, but they didn't want to press it. Jonathan Taves is back after missing the whole entire year with an illness. You got Patrick Kane, who's just Patty Kane. Duncan Keith's gone now. It's a difference now in that defense. Everyone on that defensive group that won a couple of them, I think, is is gone because Seabrook's no longer playing. Yep, you had Seth Jones. Yeah, it's Seth Jones. This is this Chicago team should be a lot better. And Tyler Johnson and Patrick Kane did say that people are sleeping on them and they're going to be better than people expect. But not opening going, night, though. Yeah, because <laughs> not Colorado. Opening night because that's I mean, a wagon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Colorado. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, Maybe they keep it close. It depends. What, it honestly, depends what kind of flurry. What kind it, of flurry shows up? It's not going to be a blowout. No. But that that is a team that has uh, a yeah. big chip on their shoulder because yeah. they've been one game away from pretty much just going to the cup in the last. And if they played Montreal, they would have absolutely steamrolled them. You cannot tell me otherwise. I thought Vegas would steamroll Montreal too, and Montreal made me eat my words there. But this team was way built way differently. Um, 
They just forgot how to score. They they did. They're they're going to remember how to score. Come Do you on. like Kemper and Goal over Grubauer? Because obviously Grubauer is yes. now with Seattle. Kemper's back. We love. I think I me and you both love Kemper's game when he was on Arizona. I mean, he put on clinics. I mean, he at one point during the year. I don't know if it was last year or year before because these the last two seasons just blur together. But he was having like a Vesna pace type. Like he was unreal. Yeah. Do you, when they played the fifty game season, they played in the bubble. You think that Kemper doesn't remember going against Colorado in that first round? And facing like seventy five shots a game, getting blown yeah. out. But the only reason it was only seven to one is because he was standing on his head, and now Sounds he's like going to switch sides. <laughs> that that to him is is going to make him smile every single time he pulls on that jersey. So Kemper is going to have a good year. He's he going to have a good defense right in front of him. Colorado's going to have another good year, and and opening that, I think you're going to see Blackhawks are going to push. I just think that Colorado is going to shove it right back down their throats. We got to see one glove save though by Flurry because every highlight during preseason is him just. Flashing the leather, we'll see. But yeah, he's working his positioning. Yeah, he's <laughs> <laughs> or not playing the puck ever again. All right, yeah. So Colorado probably will take that one. Last game of the night, Vancouver is in Edmonton. Vancouver has their guys signed. Their RFA's in Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson. Edmonton Oilers have McDavid. I mean, <laughs> goaltending. Goaltending is the biggest thing I think for Edmonton because is Mike Smith. Teams. Mike Smith. I mean, I I trust Demko. I really do. Um. I don't know. I feel like Edmonton, the story is the same thing every year. Top heavy, not bottom heavy. Defense is questionable. They did add Duncan Keith, but Duncan Keith's in his late 30s. How, how good is he? I don't think that's a huge... That wasn't a great... They needed to get depth forwards, and they decided to go ahead and get a defenseman. It doesn't make any sense to me. But, you know, that's management in Edmonton for you. Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to say Edmonton, though, takes it at home. Vancouver's one of those teams that... You know, they got Oliver ekman Larson. They got some guys... I'm not a huge fan of them, though. I think Quinn Hughes is a little overrated with what he could do, especially in the defensive zone. And Vancouver needs their defense to step it up. Now, adding Oliver Lackman-Larsen is fantastic. He's great. Um, but I don't know, Edmonton's offense, I think, is just very good, and they'll probably put some pucks in past Demko. It's going to come down to defense, but I, I'm thinking Edmonton takes this one. Who wears 97 on Edmonton? Uh, his name is Connor McDavid. Yeah, Edmonton wins this game. Okay. So let's let's go on to to the next stuff now. We'll talk about some Rangers Islanders before we wrap up the show. And yeah, yeah I don't mean to just you know speed off of that, but that's how good Connor McDavid is, and I don't yeah. think Vancouver's that good. So you look at the Rangers and Islanders. Yep. I mean, that was one of the best preseason hockey games. Oh, I caught boy, glimpses was, of it. But, yeah, that was I mean, great. Just back and forth, and uh, if you're not excited for watching that rivalry keep growing into what the Islanders are obviously right now as perennial contenders and the Rangers trying to get to that level. I mean, the skill was evident, but Rangers just inked up Mika Zibanejad, eight years, 8.5 million per. Uh, very long term for somebody who's 29 and, and has uh, an injury history, but for what he said about how he wanted to be a New York Ranger, you know, obviously he's well-liked by every single member of that organization. The fans like him. And he scored. I mean, when he's yeah. healthy, he can fill the net with anybody. I think he's he's up there with the McDavid's and McKinnon's and Crosby's and points over the last couple of seasons with goals, especially he's up there with Ovechkin. Um, so you have a guy who is a legitimate sniper in this league. You lock him up. He's your one C for now. And my favorite thing is people are like, he doesn't drive the play. Oh, you know, your one C has to be able to drive the play, has to be able to create. Oh, it's a really good thing then that they drafted a winger at one, you know, last year or two years ago. They drafted another winger at number two overall in 2018 that they should be able to drive the play and, you know, create stuff if they're that highly They built. should. So put them with that 
one C that can't drive the play but can score at, at will pretty much. And there you go. You got a great top line for the next eight years. They, um, I mean, so they were showing that thing. they were showing his highlights against the Capitals in that game. What he scored five in that game. Yep. I mean, it's town. And you look at like the market. People will say, "Well, this is, you overpaid." It's so scarce for number one centers in this league. You gotta lock up the guy that's been showing. I know last year might have been the greatest, but I mean, it's Mika's advantage. First off, you got you remember you got him for nothing. You got him for Derek Broussard. You take advantage of this. I think Zibanejad is gonna have a great year. Again, we talk about this offense being absolutely dynamic, and they could be a top offense in the NHL. It's gonna start with Zibanejad in the center spot on that number one line, and he he's that good. He could do everything: pass, play, um, score. He's one of those guys too that puts his team on his back. We've seen it. Yeah, I mean, he finished last year with 50 points in 56 games. And if you remember, he had the COVID right before the season started. He had about, like, nine points in the first 20. And then over the next 36, he put up that many points. So the guy is a legitimate player when he's healthy and when he's right. And his wife even said that when they were talking about where he would go after this contract, he said, I love New York. I want to raise my kids and be able to bring my kids to watch me play at Madison Square Garden. So it's clear that it's not just a hockey decision, right? There's a human aspect here, too. Why not embrace that? Like, I hate these people. They're like, oh, well, this is a terrible move for the long term. You know, sometimes your human aspects and the personality of a player can, can trump a little bit, especially if they're going to be potting 45, 50 goals every year. Also, saying it's going to hurt in the long run, no, it means you haven't watched hockey because you have no idea what's going to happen. If they win a cup, guess what? If they win a cup in the next couple of years and they don't win another one again, you won the cup with Sabanandana as your number one center, you, you take it and then you shut up and move on. Is that, the, is that the latest with the Rangers, Brennan? That's probably the top story. So we'll go to the Islanders real quick before we get to our interview. So the Islanders uh, released Eric Gustafson from his PTO. He signs with the Blackhawks, which means Sebastian Ajo, the Islanders' Sebastian Ajo, is probably your seventh defenseman. He's played, I think, in 25 career NHL games. Nothing much. More of an offensive guy. And that, But Trotz has spoken highly of him during preseason, which means he's doing stuff on defense that you like. You're not putting a seventh defenseman there. If you don't trust him in the defensive-minded system. Simeon Varlamov is skating not with the team yet he has missed every preseason game has not been at training camp Sorokin is going to be your number one starter in Carolina didn't have the best of ends to his preseason against the Rangers some tough shots I mean Philip Edo's shots were pretty much pinpointed but yeah I know not the greatest of starts to Sorokin but we know we started last season off against the Rangers in a spot start wasn't expecting got lit up I'm expecting much better against Carolina. This is a Carolina uh, Hurricanes team that's very, very good. He's going to have to be on his game. But that's your biggest story is that Mark Martin's probably not going to play either. Russ Johnson, you'd think, would slot in there because Panic was put on waivers. Um, this Islander team is not going to be 100%. Again, Martin's missing is big, but Ross Johnson played very well in the preseason, and it comes down to you're playing a very tough Carolina team that you'll probably be neck and neck and standing-wise the whole year. Got to get off to a great start, but you like this Islanders offense. Palmieri is clicking with Lee and Barzal. The power play looks significantly better in preseason. The puck moving. Penalty kill was great until that last game against the Rangers. They had killed off every penalty until that. So they're at 80-something percent in preseason. But again, preseason means nothing. It's a small sample size. For the Islanders, though, it's going to be about consistent scoring. Get that first goal and shut it down. You're very rarely going to see the Islanders blow teams out. So it's going to be about getting a lead, playing shutdown defense. Now with defense, we talked about Ajo's being the seventh guy. Char is going to be in there every day. Green's going to be in there every day unless Trotz has to make some moves here and there. You need your top guys to play. Dobson's going to take a step up. But for the Islanders right now, it's about staying healthy. That's the biggest thing. Lee looks fantastic. Looks like his knee is completely fine. And it's going to be a grind. 13-game road trip to start the season. Each game, you got to take it as its own. Find a way to get the points there and move on to the next one. Yeah, definitely. And 
I mean, we talked about it a little bit off the air, but the Rangers kind of found a way to potentially beat Sorokin. Sorokin's way too good to beat with a straight shot, and he's yeah. pretty good laterally too when it's a quick shot too. But if you elevate, you know, that's pretty much every goal he's kryptonite is an elevated Traffic. pass, and a pass across, make a move laterally, and then elevate the shot. But it was the short passes and the quick shots high to both blocker and glove side that wound up working, and Edel kind of found it to a T. And all three of his shots were pretty much perfectly placed. Like, you couldn't take your hand and put it into the net better than where he put it. Oh, Ito's second it, one? Oh, Ugh. my God. It was an absolute net. Like, Snipe, yeah. you, you just can't. That's a tough one. I don't blame him on that one. I mean, maybe out a little more, maybe not down, but that's that's the NHL. I mean, yeah. the goalies are dropping at a heartbeat. But that's the thing, right? The NHL, he's going to try to drop and take away the lower part of the net. That's his game, and he's yeah. extraordinarily good at it. But if you can make him move a little bit, where even if it's a five foot pass where he just has to slide a little, he doesn't have that ability. He's not the biggest goalie to get his hands all the way up. And Edel exposed that. Kratzov had a nice shot on the power play, too. So do I think that Ilya Sorokin is going to give up five goals every time the Rangers play him? No, odds are he's going to have a couple of shutouts sprinkled in. But the Rangers now know that they can beat him, which is huge going into a season where it looked like they had no answer for anything the Islanders were throwing at them. And traffic. I mean, he got beat a couple of times, rebounds there, because he just couldn't see the shot. Three or four guys in front. But, Brendan, we do have to kick it over to interview with World Hockey Report. Great interview. Please enjoy this one. But, Brendan, we've got hockey. We'll definitely talk before the Rangers play, but this is a fantastic week. Can't wait for the excitement to start. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts. It's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season. Make this December one to remember together click the banner to discover more experience amazing at your lexus dealer puck drop tonight joining the back check now is cody jansen of world hockey report cody how you doing today doing good guys how are you we're good we're good obviously today kicks off hockey season so how you feel you ready yeah i'm excited i think it's been especially in Canada, right, where last season we didn't get a normal year. We didn't have fans in the building. So there's just a different energy around it. And I know it's still a lot more restrictive north of the border than down the States, but there's a different vibe around this season where it feels like we are getting somewhat normalcy again in the NHL season. Yeah, so but before we get into the NHL and what's going to happen this year, tell us a little about yourself, how you got started in hockey and where you are today. How I got started in hockey. Well, I grew up a small town in Saskatchewan, so there really wasn't that much else to do. Everyone was kind of playing hockey, so got into that. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I was kind of flopping around. I was a player. I was a goalie for a little bit. Then, you know, kind of started going full-time goalie once, probably around grade six, grade seven, stuck with it for a bit, played some juniors, played some minor pro overseas, and then, yeah, just knew I wanted to get into the media world after, so started doing a little bit of everything from play-by-play to hosting a show, doing podcasts, just talking hockey, 
taking in as much as I can, really trying to learn as much as I can from other people. And then, yeah, past few years, World Hockey Report's really taken off. And uh, that's kind of, you know, one of the main things I do right now is, you know, just getting to, to talk to different people, talking to former players, media members. I, I think those are the conversations that people enjoy the most. I'm not a hot take machine by any means. <laughs> so I, I just try to talk about the game that's uh, given me so much. Yeah, and you mentioned the people in your show, right? So we'll give you a chance right now to plug it a little bit and just you talk to some awesome people. Uh, so go through like some of the best interviews that you've had, one of your favorite ones that, that you're able to do over there at World Hockey Report. Oof, that's a tough one. I don't want to leave anyone out. But there's, there's probably two that stick out the most. And one, being a goalie guy, Sean Burke was awesome. He was a he was a great interview, a lot of great stories. I mean, he played so many games in the NHL. It's crazy. So just to get to pick his brain for a bit, that was awesome. And then media side, I mean, another former player, but Ray Ferraro is a good guy too. So we've had him on just – I mean, he's an awesome conversation. You can talk golf, you can talk hockey with him. He's got awesome stories. He's done so much in the hockey world. So I'd say those two are probably up there. See, I'm excited to hear Ray Ferraro. The only time in the States that we've gotten to really hear him are during those like World Junior Showcases and tournaments. So now that he's coming on to the broadcast, I'm like, you know what? That, that's a good guy. He's, for... he's incredible. He yeah, is one so of funny. the best for sure. Good thing. I think ESPN scooped him up, right? Correct. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. We'll hear him tonight, probably at one of the uh, the two. I'm not sure which one he'll do, but I'm pretty sure TNT is Seattle, Seattle, Vegas. So. No, I think both tonight are ESPN and both tomorrow. Oh, are I, don't TNT. I don't know what I'm talking about. So obviously, the NHL season kicks off today. Obviously, pre- you know, predicting is pretty much impossible in the NHL given the competitiveness. But who's your pick to win the Cup this year? Oh, that's a that's a lot further <laughs> down the road than tonight. We got a nice bet tonight going on. I, I parlayed Tampa and uh, Vegas, so that's uh, that's, that's I parlayed my predictions. But no, if I got to pick a Stanley Cup, I'm going to be bold, and it's going to come out later today on World Hockey Report. So I guess we might as well drop it today too. I got the Oilers beating the Islanders in the Cup final. Ooh, that okay. would be one that not and a lot of people I, have. I, I think the Oilers have changed their team and it's a hometown bias for sure now that I work up in Edmonton but I think they've actually changed their team enough and I do believe that this year Ken Holland may be willing to trade away the first overall pick for a goaltender like John Gibson maybe package up a couple of players if they need it I'm not saying Mike Smith can't get the job done but clearly that's their weakest point of the team right now so if that gets addressed I I don't hate their defense. If Cody Cece's on your third pairing, I think you're sitting quite fine. So I, I, I don't know. And then just the Isles, I, I love Tampa Bay's lineup too, and I don't think that they're going to miss that third line too much. But it, there's just something about the Islanders this year that feels like this is the best shot they'll ever have because Tampa's coming off of two long-ass playoff runs. Pittsburgh's irrelevant. Washington's irrelevant now. I don't know, really. Florida... Florida's Florida. I don't think they scare too, too many people. They're a good team, but I would say the Isles probably come out of the East. They've got that depth. They've got that playoff grit. And then the Oilers, you, you just don't have a one-two punch. No one in the league has a one-two punch like McDavid Dreisaitl. No. And now you just mentioned that you have a bet going on tonight. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you're a betting man. So are, how confident are you in that prediction? Like if, if you were going to bet on a prediction, is that the one you're choosing? Like to bet on the Oilers for a future? No, because like I was 
legitimately five minutes before we just came on, I was looking at playoff matchups, Stanley Cup finals, and like they have odds on the book that I'm using. And it was like plus 20,000 for that particular matchup that you just put. <laughs> that's wild. Plus 20,000. Uh... So you toss a little bit <laughs> I mean, of that's cheddar worth, on that. <laughs> that's worth throwing a couple bucks on. That's what sure. I'm saying. I'm just trying to help you out here. I, I like it. And hear me out. I, I don't want to rip on the Pacific or anything, but I really don't <laughs> find it that intimidating if, if you're the Oilers. Vegas got worse. Calgary's not getting better anytime soon. Seattle can't score goals. Vancouver's too young. Like, there's nothing that really scares you. LA, Anaheim, San Jose, they're all irrelevant California teams. Like, then you go to the Central, and you're like, okay, Colorado's definitely the best. Their number two's probably Winnipeg. And if you want to consider the the series last year against Winnipeg to be the reason why you wouldn't pick the Oilers, I mean, you could have used that logic against Tampa Bay when they got swept by Columbus, right? Yep. You know, it doesn't mean that they're a bad team because you had a bad week and a half of hockey. All of a sudden, you turn something around, and if you're the Oilers, you win two series against the Pacific. Now you're feeling like you're rolling. All you got to do is win a tough matchup against a central team, likely Colorado. I would say Colorado is probably your best bet. Now you got a tough series to win, and you got to go through them anyways. Yeah, I mean, you talk about Edmonton. The thing I was going to say to you is do you believe in their goaltending? But John, adding Job Ginson definitely – Definitely helps I'm not, that. Yeah, I'm, not, uh, I'm not saying Mike Smith can't get the job yeah. because any goalie can heat up for two months. Yeah. I mean, it's not that long, but We've uh, seen again, that with Bennington. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Burglar in Ottawa, right? I mean, it doesn't take much, but. Well, Zach, I feel like Zach Hyman's going to have a huge year with Edmonton. I think one, that's one of those you know signings that people aren't really talking much about. I guess, especially in the states. Obviously, in Edmonton, it's probably a big story. Yeah, he's, he's an awesome addition there. He's that energy that they need on the top line to play with Connor McDavid. But also, you got Yesapuliarvi as well, who continues to take steps forward. I mean, this is a guy who, in his draft year, had so much hype around him. I mean, he was playing with Patrick Lina the entire time. And now I think they're seeing why Puliyarvi was, for the most part, ranked higher than Liney, other than Liney's scoring ability, which is incredible. But Puliyarvi seems to be clicking right now. He's playing with McDavid and Hyman or McDavid and Dreisaitl. Like, he's going to be taking a huge step forward. And I think that's one of the players I'm excited to watch. And, and as well, you still got Yamamoto on a really team-friendly deal. This is a guy who two seasons ago was point per game. There's a lot of additions. I don't mind Warren Fogle out of Carolina. You know, he brings a different dynamic. On the fourth line, Brendan Perlini, he's got six goals in the preseason. I mean, it, they're just it, weird things like that where if they click during the regular season and playoffs, you got to be scared of them. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. Any team that has the two, two superstars <laughs> that they have, I'm scared to play anytime, but... Uh, like you mentioned, Edmonton is a team that I think a lot of people are kind of discounting and, you know, kind of disregarding in terms of coming out of the West. And uh, they do have all the ability to get there. I think that you pretty much hit the nail on the head, but they need their, those depth guys have to step up and the goaltending has to not be an issue. It has to be just pretty superb for them and, and they'll get there. But, you know, flipping over to the opposite coast to New York and the Eastern uh, Conference, the Rangers just signed because of Bad and Jad, 8 by 8.5. What's your take on that? Good contract, bad contract? What do you think? I've got mixed thoughts on this, and I think Zabinijad's a hell of a player to begin with. But I also I also worry that locking him up for this far could put them in a little bit of a cuff 
come when you've got to sign Fox, you've got to sign Kako, you've got to sign Lafreniere, you got to sign Miller. There's a lot of players who I feel you'd be better off to build a team around for eight years than Mika Zabinajan. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not seeing the exact same things of Lafreniere and Kako that they're getting right now from Mika Zabinajan. But it feels a little rich, a little rich in my mind. Again, is he a number one center on a Stanley Cup winning team? Probably not. But is he a number one center on the regs right now? I would say so. I, I don't hate it, guys. I mean, eight and a half million, the salary cap's only going to go up. You, you got to pay those guys up the middle. Look at a team like Vegas. You can't go anywhere without guys up the middle. So end of the day, if you're going to lock them up, uh, I think Sabinajad's probably you know a solid top six guy on a playoff contending team and you hope that five years down the road the rangers are in that spot where maybe he doesn't even have to play on the top line because their depth has grown that much they've developed their players that much and i think that's what you're really hoping for but end of the day if he goes to the open market i guarantee you a team offers him eight and eight and a half no problem correct and we actually talked about this on the earlier part of the show and when people are saying he's, he doesn't drive the play, right? And that's like the main argument as to why he's not worth the eight years, 8.5. But if you draft a Lafreniere and you draft the Kako, you're hoping that they become those play drivers on a line eventually surrounded, uh, surrounding Mika Zibanejad. So if you have the faith in those two young players to develop their game and become those guys that you drafted one and two overall, then signing Zibanejad, who can fill the back of the net with ease, shouldn't become that much of a dilemma. And I think that when you have an Artemi Panarin on the team already and you're obviously going to be moving on from Strom because of cap concerns and looking for an Edel to either jump up or getting somebody else to come in as a depth center, you can go. You can do a lot worse than Mika Zibanejad on the, the one See, and one of the things I hate judging about contracts, and maybe it's the former player in me, is we don't see everything about this. You know, we don't see where every penny goes. Like, what's his value in the dressing room? Is he one of the more vocal leaders behind closed doors? He definitely is. He one is. of the guys taking rookies out to dinners, talking to them on the phone you know, when they're struggling? You know, there, there's so many little things that we don't see and that I can't judge on. So be strict going off the ice sure it may seem a little bit harsh but it's just like anyone you know who wants to rip on darnell nurse's contract right well you know he's not just getting paid for his on ice ability there's so much more that goes into handing out long-term deals than just strictly you know goals and assists yeah the human element gets lost uh, between a lot of fans like, these, these aren't just you know robots playing hockey they, they got people that are leadership and you know, when a New York Rangers can't name a captain and have 17 <laughs> alternates walking around, if guys have any type of leadership. That's qualities. weird. That's weird. <laughs> that's I, just, I, I mean, that's I, just I, to I, sell jerseys with the A on it. They can make some more money. I, I don't know who tweeted it out, but somebody tweeted out that during the home opener on Thursday, everyone should sew an A onto their jersey and the whole entire like arena should just have their Rangers jersey with A's on it. And I'm like, <laughs> it, that's basically what they're doing on the ice. A third of their group has has A's on their sweaters. To a lesser extent, though, when you're talking about long-term contracts, obviously, Dano Chara signed a one-year deal with the Islanders. Not a long-term deal, but like you said, he's doing so much more for developing a guy like Noah Dobson. That you're not saying, you look at that contract, you go, okay, he's probably not going to play in all 82 games. He's 44 years old, but you look at how much he's going to impact the young guys on this team. I mean, it's not measurable, quite honestly. 
for seven fifty, you're laughing at the <laughs> Dino Chara stuff. Look at what he did in Washington last year. I still feel he, he averaged like eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, this guy's a workhorse. Like it, it's incredible. That's that's not something you get out of a normal third pairing defenseman. Plus, you're getting a defenseman who's done it all. He's won Stanley Cups. He's played in the biggest moments. He's seen it all. He's developed so many young defensemen that have come underneath them. He teaches guys how to play the proper way. He teaches guys how to live the proper way. So if you're a coach with young defensemen in the system, you want them to learn from the best. And Zdeno Chara, arguably the best defensive veteran in the league right now, I don't think that there's that many else even close to him. For what they could bring to the table, I feel like Big Z is the best. So I, I love the move by the Isles, honestly. I feel like the reason he can give 19 minutes of ice time at 44 is because it takes him two strides to get the length of the ice. So he's not really straining himself <laughs> like the rest of us normal-sized people do. Uh, use what you're gifted with. <laughs> oh, jeez. Exactly right. So, you know, we, we, had, we put you on the spot there with the cup finals prediction and you know, you gave us a pretty intriguing matchup, so we'll do a little bit of an easier one here. So, obviously, the Calder is a hot topic, right? We got Zegris is a hot name. Caulfield's a hot name being tossed around. Are you going to go with one of those two, or are you going to go with somebody who's an out, outlier there? Oh, man. I, Caulfield's <laughs> the easy one for me, right? Because I think this kid's going to score 35. Like, that's and that's incredible for a rookie to do. But I also think that there's an element of – Florida keeps improving their team. And if Spencer Knight can be the guy down there, you got to consider him. Like, this is a goalie who probably could play 50, 45 games at least this season. If he can throw up, uh, I, I mean, the Atlantic's got some decent teams, but as a whole, I would say he could probably throw up a 920 save percentage, something like that. Maybe he picks up. 30 some wins i think you gotta consider him in the conversation i don't know maybe if florida grabs the top spot in the atlantic and he's their number one guy so i i would say spencer knight's probably my dark horse here cole caulfield i think he's gonna have a lot flashier numbers than zegris and that's what they seem to go with right they're always going with oh who's gonna stand out on paper that's who we want to market that's the nhl simple-minded thinking I mean, if you want to go off the grid, Spencer Knight would be my pick. I couldn't agree with you more, Cody. I've been preaching Spencer Knight as my guy to win it, so appreciate that. I don't know. Something about goalies in Florida that not named Roberto Luongo just doesn't sit well with me. And I I, See, off my grid, the pick would be Nils Lundqvist. I don't think he's going to win it just because, like you mentioned, flashy numbers. He's a defenseman. He's probably not going to put that up, but he's going to have PP time. He's, He's got all the offensive skill played against men. So if there's a rookie that's poised, it's like a Caprizov situation where he's got that professional pedigree. But my pick is Caulfield too. Well, isn't it weird? Like Shesterkin still eligible? Correct? Is it? No, is last it... year. Last year was his eligible. Well, no, who's who's the goalie that played 24 games? Oh, I was just hearing about this. I know that he was. It might oh, be maybe Sorokin. It's... Are we talking about Sorokin? Oh, maybe it's Sorokin. Is he? He might. I don't know. It, I don't, it, it makes there's sense. Some, there's some stud who played 24 games last year. Now I'm just rambling here. But there's there's a tendy. Maybe it's Lankanen in uh, Chicago. No. Could it, I think could it be Vanacek? No, he played. Or Kakanen in Minnesota. I don't remember. But one of them, there's there's a tendy who played like 24 games, and he's still eligible. It's a joke. But it well, that whole thing game. is, what, what's the age cutoff? Is it 25? Oh, I think it's, it's like it, 26 or like 
If it's not 25, 25 then both Sorokin. So Sorokin and... played 22 games last year, so it's probably him. Yeah, yeah it might be Sorokin. I don't think he's going to win, but it's it's he's eligible. Yeah. It just seems weird to call those guys rookies. But again, there's so many issues with the Calder Trophy to begin with. I mean, take it with a grain of salt. Kaprizov can come in <laughs> seven years older than guys, and they're competing for the same trophy. It's, Correct. Yeah. It's literally like a you know a high school senior playing floor hockey against a grade six kid, right? You know, that, it's the, the same age, thing. Yeah, that's the age difference. Like no shit, the senior's gonna win. So there's a difference between the OHL and the KHL. That's <laughs> quite a little bit, jumping, yeah. right? And I'm not trying to disrespect the OHL, but when you're playing against grown men for five years, you're going to have a little bit uh, of an edge coming into that that colder <laughs> year. So do you have one storyline you're looking out for this season? Obviously, there's plenty of stories, but one thing that stands out to you that you'll be watching this season? I'll stick in Alberta with this one and go down to Calgary. I mean, what are they going to do? That team is the definition of mediocre. They have zero stars on their team. And, I mean, come playoff time, Johnny Gaudreau has been absolutely irrelevant. You know, Monaghan is the guy who I would say, if anyone, they want to keep him around. But also, you've got Matthew Kachuk, whose career you're wasting away right now. This is a guy who doesn't get talked about enough. He's a star. He's going to be the next captain of the team. If Bradford Living doesn't start to build around him soon, why would he want to stay there? It doesn't make any sense. Like, Calgary's already not this amazing destination to begin with, but Johnny Gaudreau's on an expiring contract. you got to move him at the deadline here. You can't keep him for another year. You can't hand him $9 million with zero playoff success. They have to do something, whether that's Jack Eichel, whether that's John Gibson. I guess they already got Markstrom, but I think he's a flop in net. Like, they have to do something, and I just don't, get why Brad Treliving still has the keys to the flames right now because he has been one of the laziest GMs in my mind that has an opportunity to make a winning team right now and he's just not so that's the storyline that I'm watching is what are the flames going to do yeah I mean again goaltending is a question mark you said they have they have some talent it's just you know Goudreau doesn't show up in the in the postseason that's kind of tough when you're one of your top players doesn't show up also this offseason I was very confused with the big Blake Coleman signing I just thought good for Blake Coleman I mean way to get paid but my god does he not help Calgary get any better yes he's a great player but that's not you, that you can't look at that and say that's enough uh, no, no there's so many there's so <laughs> many issues with what they've tried to do that there's I mean, they're just the standard of mediocrity. They might make the playoffs. They might not. They'll be close, and they're going to get a bad draft pick, and they're just not going to get better. It doesn't make sense in my mind. They're like the uh, Rangers from the early 2000s where they weren't bad enough to get top picks, but they weren't good enough to do anything of of any type of relevance. Yep, (laughs) I completely understand it. Well, Cody, thank you for uh, for joining us on on today's episode. Really do appreciate it. Going to be out there later on this evening, so everyone's going to be listening. Hopefully, your Edmonton Islanders prediction comes true because then we will have some serious plugging to do come that time in the near future. We'll talk about it in six months, guys. No, I appreciate you having me on, guys. That was fun. The Back Check is your one-stop shop for NHL news and all things Rangers and Islanders. Thanks for sticking with us for this edition of The Back Check. Follow the show on social media at Back Check Pod. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.